We the bestest Cast with the left twist I'm barely well dressed Put me on the guest list The guest list uh, Yeah, on the guest list Yeah uh. Alright ladies and gentlemen Welcome back to another week of On the Guest List With Fox trying to get down White Sox, Dave, Kenny Carkeet, and Dante We have a ton to talk about this week There are festivals getting announced Restrictions are getting lifted Tours are getting announced left and right But the entire fucking music industry Is being held hostage by one man And his name is Kanye West And that's what we're going to start out talking about uh, There's the live stream tonight for Donda 2 We got episode 2 of the documentary coming out tomorrow But we have to start We have a special guest right off the top there was a little inner barstool beef last week. Dante wrote a glowing 5,000 word review of the fucking, po- of the fucking documentary. Fuck you, Dave. I see you bobbing your head. You asshole. I, I, uh, I mean, it was, it was a great blog. Thanks. It. Yeah, it was a great blog. Uh, somebody wrote a one word blog in response <laughs> to Dante. <laughs> Two word blog in response to Dante. <laughs> we have John Feidelberg here. I'm going to let you guys go at it. Feidelberg, first off, how did you find it boring? It just, all right. So here's the thing. Like I, I told Dante, like, it, it's it's not, like, I didn't hate it. I'm not going to come in here, like, spitting vitriol or anything like that. Like, I just didn't find it super entertaining. It was, it was, I respect the fact, and I truly mean it's not even as a joke. I respect the fact that what it did was it went back to the roots of documentaries, which are pretty fucking boring things that no <laughs> one really gives a shit about. And it was a lot of home video, because as as the world has gotten more into documentaries and conspiracy theories and, and that stuff has kind of come out of under the ground, underground into the mainstream, they've become even more fictionalized than they've ever been. Like every documentary now is just like, they're leaving out humongous facts that aren't really real. This is real. I'll give it like, this is a true documentary here. This is just home, home footage of Kanye West as a young person. <laughs> I can't argue that. And can't. that's what it is. And that's what it is. So I restarted fucking making a murderer last or like over the last week or so, and it's <laughs> dude, why fucking thing of all time? Why you looking? You looking for you looking for things that fell through the cracks? <laughs> Second watch through, you do pick up on things that you didn't notice the first watch through. So yeah, a little bit. Wait, you said what you say about it? It's it's completely leading you to make you think that he was innocent. A hundred percent. You get to the end of it, and you're like, "Wait, that dude did it." hundred percent did. A thousand percent. And so this this is a departure from that style documentary, and it's just, "Hey, here's some home footage, home videos." You know what? I don't disagree with anything you just said. It's not like a Michael Bay film. I mean, I'm, I'm still in the spot <laughs> Dante, where I'm like on the edge of my seat, you know. So yeah, but it's it, like at the same time, like I'm watching this, I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. I don't know yeah. if I'm more shocked that Fidelberg thought it was boring or that Dave is just riveted by Michael Bay films. <laughs> well, whoa, hang on. Like, I'm, I'm gonna side with Dave here. Michael Bay films are fucking fire. Dante, say your two your two cents. What what do you think here? I mean, I'm I'm already I've already exhausted the subject, but I do want to say one thing. I'm pretty intimidated trying to argue with a shoe mogul. John Feidelberg. Oh, yeah, dude. Did he sell out again? Dude. Phil Knight better watch his fucking ass, man. <laughs> this guy's out here throwing out white vans and just fucking balling right now, dude. <laughs> Christ, man. Well, that, know, that's very nice of you to say, Dante. You're still <laughs> wrong. You're not going to butter me up on that. No, no I'm not trying to butter you up. I'm honestly fucking not easy to do, dude. There's been some terrible, terrible bombs that have debuted in the Barstool store, this is not one of them. I think this is like 
I mean, but you're the fucking merch king. You're a fucking Saturdays for the boys. You're a fucking, you're the million dollar man. What are you, do, what are you doing right now? This isn't <laughs> what I signed up to come on this show for. I'm, I'm just saying it's, it's fucking, I'm coming in like against the fucking heavyweight champ right now. It's, I can't really like call you an idiot. You're he's got to suck, your, suck your dick to start and then murder you. <laughs> no, there's nothing to murder. This is, so I thought about this the last few days. Like, obviously, the minute I posted the blog, whoever runs their KFC radio, Twitter is really good, by the way. Um, they hit me with Vitalberg's, well, I don't know if it was a <laughs> gif or a fucking video clip, and it was just like him saying it stinks. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it I was, was like, it, what I, no, what I said was that I masturbated twice during it. And that's true. <laughs> and that's true. I did. I was. Doesn't that mean it's good? Yeah. We, were, we were watching it. We were watching it. Like, we were going to do. The reason I was watching it, because I'm not a huge documentary guy, but we, Nick had, like, said, done some producing, and he was like, hey, you know what? You guys should both watch it, and then we'll discuss on the podcast. And I was like, fine. So we started, and I got a half, a half hour in. I clicked over to see how much time was left. And I then I looked at my phone to see what time it was, and my phone was in my hand. I was like, you know what, fuck it, my phone's out. Might as well see look at like some porn real quick. And and then I tripped off. And like the fact that I've never done that during a Michael Bay movie, I've never been like, how much time's left? Might as well pound pud. It was just like it's just not. It, it's not super grabby. It's it's actually great background television. I'll give it that. It's, it's Stop. nice. But Stop. Dude, dude, here's the whole fucking thing. The whole thing is him just not being signed. But it will actually not the whole thing, half thing. Half the thing's about fucking Cootie, who I didn't sign up to learn his life. <laughs> but the the other thing that was a real turnoff, and I didn't learn this until after I said I didn't like it. Well, the other thing I found to be a real turnoff is really the only viral clip that's kind of come to my timeline. And I will admit I don't have a, a super musicy timeline, so you guys might see different than I do. But the only thing that's really made it into my timeline was him playing All Falls Down at Rockefeller. And and that and then like that's completely fake. So like the one fucking interesting part of that documentary is completely fake. So false. 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 The, dude, right. the dude who's the VP of Amazon Music right now, VP of, of distribution at Amazon Music, quote tweeted it and was like, he's like, look, I get this looks bad, but here's the deal. He did this ten times. It got annoying. He wasn't like, he, this wasn't I, his first time doing it. I, I, said, I said that, so I said that in my blog, you could tell from the looks on the women's faces that it was like, fuck, he's doing this again. And there's a yeah. camera, there's a camera on me. So I can't be like, get the fuck out of here. You know, like, <laughs> so that's like, you could tell it wasn't the first that's time. That's some old school documentary shit. That's I'm going to keep doing the same thing for a different reaction that works. And that was the one thing that kind of transcended my, at least, again, into my timeline. The one thing that crossed over into a non-musicy timeline. But can't you see that he's always been the same fucking guy? He just has more clout now? Like, he's always been that pest. He's a fucking annoying, like, squeaky fucking wheel. Oh, and he's annoying. Like, could you imagine being around Kanye on a regular basis? No, but I mean, back then, he was just like, you know, like, fuck off. Now, now he's fucking, you know... King shit. So I don't know. So here's here's my thing. So I text you texted me after Feilberg wrote that riveting fucking rebuttal <laughs> blog. Um, you were like, we gotta get him on the show. I'm like, okay, I'll text him. And he said what he just said. He was like, I can't wait to come on and talk about 
the filmmaker Cootie, who <laughs> inserted himself into it for he no fucking. He gave up on a fucking burgeoning stand-up career. <laughs> yeah. what, what a guy to lay down his mic when he was going to be the next fucking Chris Rock. <laughs> so I was like, okay, fair point. Like that was that was like the only part of it that was kind of like awkward, but whatever. Guy fucking. I fucking sold for 30 mil. He can fucking do what he wants. Anyway, then I started thinking and I'm like, John was the biggest Kanye fan I knew. I still love Kanye. Ago. No, no, but listen, listen. Okay. Like how of all people is he not a fan of this? And then I started thinking and I was like, he was a big fan when I got turned off to him, which was kind of this transition from the old Kanye to the new Kanye, which... Mm. You know, not in terms of personality, but music style. Like when he started dropping Yeezus and Life of Pablo, and I was like, dude, this shit sucks. And Feilberg was like, you're fucking crazy. This is like his best stuff yet. Well, that's not when I became a fan. That's when we knew each other. I liked Kanye when I was in high school. Like I liked Kanye since Through the Wire. But I can see if you, if you were a fan of like that shit and that side of Kanye in that part of his career, I can see this stuff kind of being boring to you. Whereas I'm the opposite. This was like peak Kanye for me. So seeing like a peek behind the curtain of this shit and like seeing all these stories actually be true and like video fucking evidence of it. That's like why I'm like kind of awestruck by it. I, I but he, one thing we've, I've always said about Dave, and I, and I, I kind of feel like it with Whitney, too. There are a few people at Barstool who are, like, they're completely unbothered by a camera. Like, they, you can still tell that they are them when a camera's around. That's just who they are, whatever. A lot of other people, myself included, I'm different around a camera. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I, I notice the camera in the room. <laughs> I'm not trying to be something else, but I notice it. I'm like, oh, fuck, there's something here, and I'm acting different. Kanye, I feel, I feel the same way. So when you're saying, like, he was always this guy, when the camera's around, I feel like I can see like a different glimmer in his eye. Like there's even something that was in the trailer where it's like where he's saying he's a genius and someone's busting his balls that he's not a genius. And then like he keeps making eye contact with the camera. Like he knows it's there. So I don't think it's this look behind the scenes that like we I think he's just been acting for thirty years. <laughs> I don't yeah. think of it as like this fucking this wow, like he didn't he's always been this guy. Like, he's always been pretending to be this guy. But there, there, there still seems to be this shyness, and then when they, when his eye locks with the camera, it's this, it's so, this cockiness. So, do you think Heisenberg? No, that I think this like makes perfect sense. Do you think would you further that comparison to Portnoy, where he started acting and he's morphed into what he was <laughs> pretending that's, to be? That's a joke we've made for a long time. And I mean, but it's true. Said, like saying that back in Milton, that there was a collision course, and uh, but I think I think Dave's always just been who Dave is. Like I think, and I think he'll tell you as much. There used to be like, uh, I would, there, you could even make the argument that the off-camera stuff with Dave was the fake stuff where you're like, he's being <laughs> right now. This is weird. <laughs> oh my fuck! I see. My whole theory on this was that Fuddleberry. I think you've been corrupted by your Taylor Swift fanhood to just hate Kanye. No, see there. Look, I wish I, I, because I hashtag done Kanye. So I, I, I wanted to be, and I just can't quit the man. Like I, I wanted to be done. I wanted to be corrupted. I want, 
Because when that shit came out the, with the, the, the full voicemail or full phone call, that shit was fucked up. That is oh, like, yeah. very. That was like a 40 year old guy talking to a 20 whatever year old woman being like, clearly pressuring setting her. her up, <laughs> setting her up. Setting her up. Yeah. Was. yeah. That, was, that was an unfortunate listen. And I was like, that's it. Fuck this guy. And I do sincerely mean fuck him in that moment. But the, there are other times he does, does interesting shit. I just didn't find any of it really to be in this. I did think there was, I did think it was different when it, with him and his mom. I thought that was mm-hmm. cool. Towards the end when there was like, you could, that I saw, I saw like a different person there where I was like, all right, that's like, that's an interesting guy. That, that guy piques my interest. I'm and, and then Cootie had to fucking ruin it with, and this made me want to go home. Shut the fuck up, Cootie. <laughs> it's not about you. <laughs> Yo, just so you guys know, Still, still. <laughs> still the heartbeat pulsing. Think Girl, about the think about the asshole sitting in a movie theater right now, staring at that fucking yeah, screen dude. like this is lit. I love this shit. <laughs> Get dude. the fuck out of here. He, do they I have mean, one of those in Chicago? Yeah, I'm I sure know. they do. Maybe Pierre. Oh, is, is that because it's oh, only? Do you never been? It's the best. They have the best popcorn. I've, in the fucking I've city, never so. been to that one. Do you know, but, Con- you know, you know, Kanye sitting backstage right now, just fucking laughing. Well, no, you, the thing with Twitch, I didn't realize this because I'm never on it. You can see how many people are in the room, and there's only like 160. It says there's only 160 thousand. So he's probably like, "Fuck Holy. this." He's probably pissed that there's not more people. He's so, gonna light, he's gonna light himself on fire. He's he's I, gonna do it for real this time. Yo, Dante, read that off to me real quick. Read what off? The Twitch address. Oh, you go twitch.com backslash Amazon Music. It's free. It's on Amazon Music, Twitch. He's yeah. doing it through Amazon? Yeah. I he's, thought he said fuck everybody. No, he said he said fuck Apple and Spotify. But he's um I was telling Feidelberg earlier, you his everyone's freaking out about his album like not being available. It's gonna be on his website, stemplayer.com. You can stream it on there. And he's launching his own streaming service. Jesus Christ. For free. Yeah, he's, he's trying to stick it to Apple. But, all right, so, John, are you going to watch part two? It drops yeah, tonight at two in the morning. It is. Here, I, I, one thing, too, I, I do think I've been corrupted. I've been, out, I've been corrupted out of the cult. Because I, I was, like, I would have been sitting in this room for three hours. I was, like, I was like every, I had to buy everything Kanye dropped. Dude, if, I, if, if it wasn't for that phone call, bro, I would have so much Gap Balenciaga right now. It's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> but thank fucking God I heard that phone call. And I see that, and I'm like, never mind, that shit's lame. So I've been, I've like, it's pushed me out of the cult. But I, I'm still in the orbit. I'm still like, all right, I'm still, I still feel the gravitational pull of the guy. But it is, it's not as, as um, impossible to stray from. What did you think of Donda? I, she seemed very pleasant. No, no, no. no. The, the album. album. The first oh, album. Oh. <laughs> what, what if I was just like, that chick seemed like she sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like a great person. I, I don't get the big deal. <laughs> she gets no, two but, fucking albums? <laughs> Jesus, yeah. No, the album. Part one. Um, I actually like Donda very much. I like Donda way fucking more than Certified Lover Boy 2. Or yes. whatever, whatever that was called. Way, way more. I thought Donda, I thought Donda had like, it was long because that's what all albums are now, but I thought Donda had like five or six great songs. I'd have to go through it. I can go through it right now real quick and I can, I'm sure I'll remember. Because I, I also like, I only listen to music in a sense like I listen to it nonstop for a week and then I kind of move on. 
Um, but the so I forget the names of the songs I liked. Um, but I liked uh, Hurricane was sick. Praise God was sick. Okay, okay was sick. Um, what was it? Jesus Lord I liked. Um, oh, Jail. Did I say Jail? No. no but great. Jail was sick. And then what, was that the one the baby was on the part two of? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, I like that one. I would say on like so there were some repeat summer part twos. But I would say like, yeah, there were like seven really good songs on that and then everything else was good too. You liked a lot off that album for a guy who jerked off during the documentary. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, know what, you know what's like really fucking interesting about this guy, not to get all nerdy and shit, but you've got someone like John who's a fan of the guy, semi-fan of the guy, fan of his music, who saw this documentary and was like, eh. And you've got someone who couldn't stand the guy, thought his last album was meh who loved the documentary like Dave. And I, I think it's just nuts how all these different people have all these different interpretations and feelings about literally every single thing the guy does. I don't know anyone else in the world that you can say that about. Yeah, which is the nicest thing you can say about an artist, right? Whether you love it or hate it, there is interest in every fucking thing he does. Oh, breaking news, dude. Kanye's doing a live stream from backstage and everybody is literally just wearing like black duck boots the thing is about to start. There's 100,000 people watching him on this, too. He's just trying to get his numbers up. I can't believe we're all fucking watching this. I'm starting to hate the guy now. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. All right, Fuddleberg, we, we've kept you for long enough, bro. Uh, are you going to jerk off during part two? I hope, I hope not, but if it, if it calls for it, sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ruling it out. <laughs> Hopefully, right. I'm, I'm captivated like it's a Michael Bay film, but we'll see. <laughs> Dude, well, you're a sick fuck, and half of this episode is him in a hospital bed with a mangled face from his car accident. So. I'll tell you what, Colin, probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, John Fidelberg, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for stopping by, brother. Right, I'll catch you guys later. Thanks, you, John. Man. Thank you, man. Later, boys. All right. Well, that's a hell of a way to start the episode. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was ready to just be like, dude, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But I thought, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with anything you said, but I can see how people would think that way. I kind of get it. Yeah. I kind of get it. I just thought, it, like, if you're going to share a story about how you beat your meat during the documentary, you have to come on here and talk about it. Like, I have to know what was going through your head. He's a mental case. He's awesome. There's, there's no explaining that. No, there's no explaining that. But uh, I don't know. Kenny popped in and he's gone now. I have no idea where Kenny is. But regardless, let's just keep it rolling. Uh, like I said, we do have another interview today as well. We're going to end the episode with an interview with our friend Jake Germany, also known as Fangs. The guy has a amazing like kind of like cult following. He's had a really successful career. He has a new store opening up in Nashville. So we're going to get to that at the end. But we have a lot in between to get into as well. I've talked way too much about Kanye. I'm fucking done with this shit. Uh, but there is something else that happened this week. Two things. Uh, festivals are back, dude. Full bore. Every festival is now announcing. Uh, there was like nine big tours that announced this week too. So I'm really excited to get into that. Uh, Dave, I think COVID's over, dude. Uh, we'll see. I, is, I mean, I hope it is. Isn't it over in Chicago now? Uh, as of the 28th, it is. I think we're the last big city. Like, This is what I think we should have been at a year ago. I think it's that something that is never going away for good in terms of a sickness, and it's going to be here for as long as anybody that's alive right now is on this planet. And, I, and if you said that a year ago, 
you got crucified for it, but now everybody's kind of catching up. It's like, oh, so now you guys, I mean, we're still not through the pandemic, right? Like, that's where I am, because I've been saying this is, I'm fucking done with this thing for a year now, but I haven't been able to say that out loud because I would get canceled. Well, everybody, everybody's kind of going that way now because Firefly just announced their lineup, which is just another huge festival, which I thought was good, but I got so many texts from people being like, that lineup, fuck it. Sucks. Yeah, dude. Can, I'm not, listen, man, I love, I love you, dude. And I think we have a lot of the same takes and tastes. But I saw you tweet that the lineup was stacked. That lineup stinks. I think the top of the lineup was really good. I think the top of the lineup was really good. I like seeing Green. I'm a huge Green Day fan, so that's kind of like jading me in a certain way. Like I'm, I focused right on that. And Weezer's not even a headliner, so that would be fucking sick too. But I thought it was pretty good. I was more just listen. I kind of have a pre-existing relationship with Firefly, so I was trying to shout a little bit out there, trying to get back on that fucking bill, ladies and gentlemen. My brother saw that and texted me right away and said, "You're a fucking idiot. That lineup sucks." Two seconds later, got another text. That lineup sucks. My phone rings. It's fucking Kenny. Said that lineup is the worst fucking thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, you guys are probably right. I was just posting it, trying to be like a you know a normal fucking you know music blog. And of course, what does everybody do but rip me to shreds? So you guys are probably right. There were some really good tours that announced though. LCD Sound System doing residencies in Boston and Philly next month. So I'm pumped. Whoa, 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 whoa! I didn't see this. Eight shows at the Electric Factory. Wait, what the fuck? Yeah, boy, we're going. Bruce Warren from WXPN texted me this morning. Let me know. Um, Dude, Boston what? and Philly residencies the end of March. Oh, going. man. I wonder if they're going to sell out Electric Factory as many times as I did. Oh, Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> fuck you. I, think, I swear, I think, we, I think the Blackout Tour sold that place out like eight times in four years. That place is a landmark, but it's fucking gross. Yo, so I heard, so Diplo, where did Diplo play the other night in Philly? I don't know. I, he, he posted something. He was like, playing at my old stomping grounds. And it looked like Electric Factory. Might have been. And I asked on his comment thing. And somebody was like, nah, dude, Electric Factory is being held hostage by Live Nation. Do you it know is. anything about that? Yeah, it's called uh, Franklin Music Hall now. Oh, what the and fuck? And it's not what Live happened? Nation. It's the Bowery. The Bowery Presents bought it. I think what that might happened? be Live Nation. I don't know. This was before COVID. This was before COVID. They sold. Uh, it's the same fucking venue. It's the exa- exact same venue. But um, I don't know where Diplo was. But Dude, I do. That's, you know what, though? I saw LCD at the Fillmore yeah. in Philly. That was my first time there. And I tell you all the time, it was one of the best shows, the perfect venue for that fucking act. Yeah. And it was, it was epic, like fucking epic. Sold that bitch out too. Fuck you. That's awesome, dude. All right, yeah, we're definitely, I'm, I'm looking at this article right now. We're definitely fucking going to this. Hell yeah, let's do I it. I got to send it to Cheryl right now. She's going to freak out. Um, but yeah, so all these fucking you know, festivals and shows and tours are announcing, but literally, I don't know if some news came down like today, but like L King announced the tour. There was like four different tours that announced back to back to back on my timeline. So I guess COVID's over. So we got through it, ladies and gentlemen. We'll get back to normal now. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk to you guys. What are you saying? I, I want to take, so assuming that this is just, we're back to normal for good this time, not yeah. like last year. Can we just take a quick moment to give a middle finger to this motherfucking virus? Fuck that virus. No. You're going to get canceled. For, yeah, you're going to get canceled by some real weenies. Dude, fuck, fuck, fuck them babe. too. 
Dave, there's there's real people out there that never want this to end oh, and are I'm pissed kidding. and are pissed that the mayor like dropped the mask thing. I know. It's insane. I, I don't know why I do it, but every single time she makes an Instagram post or a tweet, I go and look right to the comments just so I can see these insane people and get pissed off. There will come a time where we don't have to talk about this shit anymore and I can't wait for it. But uh, Dante, before we get into on the list, off the list, I had one more thing that pertains to you more than anybody. Is Daft Punk back? Uh, I really got fucking super excited today. Um, out of nowhere, they posted their old, old logo on Instagram. And of course, people started fucking going nuts. Like, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? And then they posted a link to Twitch, which everyone started freaking out. Like, holy shit, they're going to do a live show. They're going to do a live show. Oh, it just started. The house oh! just caught fire. Breaking news! I gotta like put this on the side. See, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we can't even started. talk about other shit, dude. Hold on. The house is on fire again. Can you see? I love how people are gonna be listening to this tomorrow, and we're like breaking news that already happened. I can see it. The house is on fire. Wait, Colin, there's a way you can clip this. So it started at 10:45 Eastern. Oh shit! They got. I hold on. There's another thing. It, Kanye's going live. He's walking in right now. Oh, by the way, can I give a shout out to Watching the Throne, uh, the po- the Kanye West podcast, who we've become friends over the last like couple weeks. They were the ones who tweeted at Kanye, and Kanye tweeted them back and said, "Come to Miami." I know they flew to Miami, and Kanye has not been in contact with them once. So they're in Miami, and they have no way of getting the interview. <laughs> oh shit! It's going up. I can't believe they allow him to light this shit on fucking fire. I wonder what the insurance has to be on that. Dude, I mean, there's a lot of fucking people there. It's got a, a lot of smoke and shit. Anyway, um, yeah, so the Daft Punk shit. People started freaking out. I started getting a million fucking texts from people. They, they know I'm like a Daft Punk fucking super fan. Um, like, yo, Daft Punk's going to go live on Twitch. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, this makes no sense. But I tuned in and it ends up being... A fucking, what was it, 1997 recording? Oh, it was just an old concert? Yeah, so it ended up being just a um, re-edit. I guess they improved the quality of an obscure concert from 97, uh, Homework, their debut album. And it was in commemoration of their re-releasing it. It's remastered, which is dope and all, but... For fucking, I mean, they caused a frenzy. They almost broke the internet because um, people thought that they were going to drop surprise new music. I mean, remember last year they announced they were stepping away and breaking up. Um, so people thought it was going to be this big, giant announcement. And kind of is, but not what we wanted it to be. It's amazing that a band of two robots that are like 55 years old at this point can still shut the internet down whenever they want to. Fucking incredible. It really is. I love Daft Punk. I ran a Daft Punk today. Um, but yeah, so that's what happened in music this week. I mean, we're kind of keeping an eye on the Kanye thing right now. But uh, let's go into on the list, off the list. I'll start out. Uh, my on the list is fried food. Um, oh, yeah. Dude, uh, we had my wife's birthday dinner on Sunday. I fucking threw up. Uh, I threw up birthday cake, and the only thing that saved me the next day was copious amounts of fried food. I had Chick-fil-A, too, which was banging. I've never been a huge Chick-fil-A guy. Saved what? my life. I, dude, I never ate it growing up. We didn't have one near us. 
And we never oh, like the they just really did either. It was yeah. like it was in high school. And I, I don't see why people fucking freak out over it. It's fine. Uh, it's I think I, the I think the Popeye's chicken sandwich is by far superior to the Chick-fil-A sandwich. I know I know I'm gonna get killed for that, but like I don't care. Popeye I grew up on Popeyes, so I'm a Popeye's guy. Chick-fil-A is great, and the Chick-fil-A sauce is one of the greatest things on earth, but I got no I got nothing bad to say. Please don't come after me, Chick-fil-A people. I'm sorry, but Dante, I assume you're a big Chick-fil-A guy. I think it's cause what Dave just said, I I heard about it for years and years and years and never fucking saw one. And then when we started touring, I went down South and it was this like, it was kind of like in and out. Like you could only get in certain parts of the country and it was fucking so good. Now that they're everywhere, like we got three in Chicago. I never fucking go, but they're fucking still great sandwiches. I, I remember playing a show in Birmingham, Alabama. And the only things that were there were like the venue we were playing like 13 gas stations and a giant cathedral of a Chick-fil-A. Like literally that was all that there was to do there. And I smashed Chick-fil-A, but like Popeye's over Chick-fil-A all day. Dude, Dude, it's the most overrated. I mean, it's, I, I, it is what it is. It's fast food. You get it in two minutes. You go through a drive through It's really good in that. Dude. Round, I guess, but like, I think of a Yo. chicken sandwich when I think of a fucking chicken sandwich. Well, bro, did you, did you know that down South they have, their own fast food joints that like don't exist anywhere else in the country. Raising Cane's? Raising Cane's. There's actually one in Chicago now. Loyola yeah. has one. There's um, a couple in Chicago. Um, but but Raising Cane's is not... I'm talking like they have this place called Cookout. Yeah, Cookout in Nashville. Like, it's banging. It's like Portillo's, but it's Southern. They have fucking... Their menu's huge. Everything is like legit grilled. It's not this bullshit. And it's fucking really good. It's so unhealthy, but it's fucking fire. Cooking they got back. Bojangles, which is awesome. Bojangles is the shit, dude. Trying to think what else they got. They got all this shit down there that I never seen that I never saw anywhere. And it was all good. Well, yeah, that's my on the list because I'm, I'm my brain oh, is Zaxby's. Zaxby's is money, dude. Zaxby's is another one. Zaxby's is better. Never made either of those. Yeah. They're yeah, fried they're- chicken joints, dude. They're so fucking good. God yeah, damn. Uh, yeah, Dante, who's on your list? Oh, fuck. Um, I'm going to have to go with Feidelberg for gracing us with his presence today. And like I said, I mean, he moved thousands of pairs of shoes today. I'm, I'm honestly shocked when they went on sale last year and sold out. I hit him up and was like, dude, what did you have? Like a hundred fucking pair? And he was like, no, we, I forget what he said. They actually had like, good amount and he's like we're gonna do a re issue in like six months that'll be like the real test so the fact that there's minimal advertising and like promotion form and they dropped them out of almost nowhere today and they fucking sold out again in a day that's Hand up! I have no clue what you're fucking talking about. The the sad boy shoes. You never seen those? They're like they are like white vans. They're they're like sick white vans. In reference to Feidelberg, like so that's perfect example of zero promo. Dave had no idea what I was talking about. I works for the same company, dog. (laughs) Well, I was doing shit today with you know other things. What is that? No, no, no. That wasn't trying to be me being funny. Was I was getting at? I wasn't working 
I thought that I don't know why the way you said that with the sly little grin meant you were getting ass. Like that's no, <laughs> you're, you're like I was doing yeah, other. I was going for, but no, I was I was not getting ass. I was <laughs> doing fucking bullshit today. All right, well, Dave, who's on your list? Um, so tiramisu. Ooh, hell yeah, let's go. So the last two fucking nights, there's this takeout place right downstairs, and they got fire salads. And I'm like, all right, well, I ran today, not to brag. And um, I'm like, I'm going to eat healthy tonight, eat healthy. Got like a chicken Caesar salad, and that's it. And I'm waiting for it because it was supposed to take like five minutes, they said. <clears throat> it ended up being like 10. She's like, hey, you, we told you five minutes to be 10. It was 10. Here's some tiramisu. Fucking ate the tiramisu. Oh, hell yeah. I forgot how much I like tiramisu. It's so goddamn good. It ruined my fucking little health thing, though. But it's just, it's the best. The absolute best. Dante, are you a Pitzels guy? Of course. Yeah, buddy. Dave, are you a a Pitzels guy? I don't know what that is. Those little waffle cookies, you've seen them before. They're like snowflake cookies. They look like a snowflake. They're real thin and and crispy. Covered in powdered uh, sugar. Yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, and I avoid that. that kind of stuff because if I eat one, I eat an entire bag of it. Yeah, but that's, it, how, that's it, what yeah. that's what they're made for. Yeah, it is what they're made for. Did your uh, Did your family make them with sambuca in them? Anazette. Yeah. Oh, Anazette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's every time I smell sambuca or any sort of like licorice kind of like liqueur, I instantly think of my grandma every single time. This is a good Dave. Way to turn the convo to food. I appreciate that. Uh, no, you did that. I did that too. Holy shit. Fuck. Um, no, I don't. I don't know what this song is right now, but this this bumps. Is it hot? Yeah, it's great. Oh my god! Now I'm gonna have to go and fucking watch it after this. Yeah, yeah these, I show. will say these beats are unfought between the first three of this and the last Donda album. These beats are fucking unbelievable. All right, well let's wrap this up then, so we can get to it. My off the list is DJ Khaled. Yo, no Thank one you. ever told you that you weren't going to be able to perform at the NBA All-Star Game. Dude. Shut the fuck up. Sacho, such a dork. Like, just shut up, dude. Like, look, you already, like, won. You got your money. You didn't have to do anything. You got the Snapchat deal. No one's hating on you. Like, no one, <laughs> except for us. Like, we're hating on you right now because you keep talking about how you get hated on. Like, shut up all the way. By the way, the NBA All-Star Weekend, I used to love it, was atrocious. It was fucking terrible. The dunk contest needs to be deleted from history. Carl Anthony Towns won the fucking three-point contest. He's 7-1. Yeah. He's like a, yeah. He's yeah. like a center. Which is... Which is the human species has evolved in the last, like, 20 years. I, it's, it's unbelievable that he's doing that. But And then the All-Star game, it's just like the Pro Bowl. Nobody's going hard. Steph, Steph Curry dropped 50, so whatever. But uh, DJ Coward, shut the fuck up, man. Dante, who's off your list? That was a good one, dude. Thank you. Oh, that was a good one. I, uh, I'm sick and tired of that fucking guy. He, um, he should just be blessed, like he repeatedly says, and just be happy. But he continues to just act like an asshole. He screamed, I'm in album mode. What the fuck yeah. does that mean? You don't even do anything. I know. And the fact that when, I didn't even know he was performing. When they introduced him, I was like, Wait, why the why is he like a a name? Why are these rappers features? Like he's not doing anything. Uh, Doesn't make any sense. And he's and he's an asshole in real life. So I believe that. Fuck him. Um, <laughs> off my list. Love that. DJ Khaled. <laughs> off my list, I'm gonna have to go with 
Kanye for making me sit here with an earpiece in my fucking ear is killing me. I've had it in for four oh, hours now. It hurts that little like loop right here. Oh, yeah. yeah that kills. So, so sore. I've had it in for like four hours. He's doing some weird shit though now. And it's just like, it's like watching a train wreck. Can't take your eyes off. He's got a Ducati on stage and he's just standing there. I can't believe I'm, miss- I'm missing this. Is he walking on water right now? All right. Off my he list. Was a minute ago. Process. Uh, fuck that. I hate it. Um, I waited too late. So now I'm scrambling for a mover moving company. If you are a moving company and you want, Oh, Dave, I got the best guy for you. Best guy I ever heard that from 30. No, no, I swear to God, swear to God. He, he hooked Cheryl and I up. He's, he's the fucking, I got guy. the easiest fucking apartment ever to move. I got a couch, a TV and a bed. Yeah, I'll text so him right now. Whenever I think of Dave's apartment, I think of all the memes that are like, this is how every guy lives, and it's just like a TV on the floor and like oh. a love seat right in front of it. Oh, no, no, no. It's not that bad. But His company name is Shout Out Dorage. Shout Out Dorage. All right. Well, tell him I need assistance on the, fir- or the 28th. Damn, you're moving on the 28th? Uh, well, I closed. I was supposed to close tomorrow, Wednesday, and... Um, they asked me for like time frames. I'm like, I will make any time happen, but I want it as soon as possible. And um, then, so I figured that'd be tomorrow because I got through to close today, um, which I didn't even know existed. I thought you just fucking hand them a check and you get the house. <laughs> it's so much more than that. But uh, the earliest they could do it was 3 p.m. on uh, Friday. So now I, I wanted to have as much overlap because my lease expires at my current apartment to, on the 28th. And I want to do a bunch of it on my own, like all the small shit I could just box up. So the movers charge me as little as possible and I just get it all the fuck out of here like really quick in and out. And I waited till the last minute and they're all fucking booked. Sucks. Damn, sorry to hear that. That does suck. That is off your list. Yeah, it's off my list. Dude, oh. it, it's, it's the most stressful fucking process of all time. I'm not kidding when I say that. Great. Can't wait to do it myself. <laughs> What? I bet it's worse than Gay Mary. That wasn't that bad. Well, you're a fucking little pussy, though. That's a, that's a fact. In that matter, I am a pussy. But all right. Well, that's this week's. Well, not this week's episode. We still have hopefully a recap of Genius Part Two. We'll let you guys know whether that's happening next week. Thank you to John Feudelberg. We do have one more interview to go into this week, and it's with Jake Germany, aka Fangs. Great guy. Amazing, amazing interview. We go back probably like seven, eight years now. Amazing musician. Shouts out Nashville. Shouts out Thanks. Shouts out Cardboard Kids. He was in Reliant K for a minute. If you guys know Reliant K, (laughs) he was in Reliant K. Uh, Great guy. Great interview. So, shouts to Fidelberry. Thank you very much. Fuck Kenny Carkey for not being here. And this is our interview with Thanks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, coming live from Nashville, Tennessee, on the guest list today, we have my friend, Jake Germany, a.k.a. Fangs. Buddy, how are you doing today? Uh, great, man. It's a, it's a rainy day in Nashville, uh, but doing well. Rainy days in Nashville always scare me because nobody can fucking drive in the South, and you know that's true. It's real. It's very real. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Oh, my God, dude. First off, I'm so happy to see you, and I feel like we go back in the same circles. Like it's crazy to me. It's like seven or eight years now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've always wanted to tell you this, but I remember the first time I met you was at the high watt. It was 2015. Yeah. We had been in town to play a show. 
you were signed to the same label that we were at the time. And I never mm-hmm. told you this, but I remember when I met you the first time, my first thought was, fuck, that guy is so cool. Like, that was <laughs> my first thought. And uh, I, have, I have proof because that night you were wearing this shirt. It was an old school, uh, it said Operation Desert Storm. And it had like yeah. the eagles and the flag and shit. I went home yeah, yeah. and looked it up on eBay and I bought it off eBay. So I've been jack- incredible. I jacked your style, dude. No, man, that's awesome. That's really funny. That's cool. Man, uh, and, and I think just to start out, I was always interested in you for a few different reasons. One, because when I first came into knowing you, it was Cardboard Kids, and it was this kind of like blues rock style. And then I watched you transition into Bangs, and just thinking to myself, how did the same person do both of these projects? And I, I just wanted to applaud you for being kind of a chameleon in that way and just kind of doing whatever it is that you wanted to do. Yeah, thank you, man. Uh, I just, I mean, it's just seasons, I guess. I think that really Fangs is probably the most true to who I really am. Uh, I, love, I love pop culture and I love products. I like to be able to like have tangible things and... And I really love uh, building like an immersive world around songs and products and ideas. And that's what I'm obsessed with. Um, and Cardboard Kids was really fun. Uh, just getting to like play guitar and yell and just kind of like, I mean, we were just like three assholes making <laughs> rock music, you know, like that's what it was. And all three of us would say the same thing. Um, but it was it was definitely this kind of like, just like mysterious uh rock thing you know we didn't we didn't really talk that much to people we didn't talk that much on stage we just played the songs yeah um and that was just that was the vibe and i uh i just i my parents are really young like when they had me they were like literally like teenagers and so i grew up i grew up in the very very beginning of the 90s and stuff with like the boom of mtv and the boom of like really like coming out of the late 80s pop culture into the early 90s of pop culture like i was being raised by teenagers that were immersed in it you know right and so i've just always lived this thing and that's fangs is just kind of the the grandiose version of all the shit i care about and I think it's fun, like just from an outsider's perspective, somebody like looking on as a fan, I feel like I've watched you over the past like eight years, like become yourself in like yeah. the public eye in a way. Because like looking at it, like I know you're always so open about how much you love the MTV culture, how much you love wrestling, yeah. things like that. Yeah. And you're right. Like looking back at it, like Cardboard Kids was definitely more of like the mysterious rock and roll thing. I remember seeing you guys... God, I, it might have been Twelfth and Porter or something. It was one of my first shows there, and you guys didn't say shit on stage. You just ran through the fucking set, and it is funny because yeah. Austin, I know who played guitar in yeah. the band, he's working with Nate Moran and them in in Real Humans now. So it's like, yeah, yeah, that whole American Echo thing kind of wound up snowballing and, and kind of staying together in a way. But yeah, yeah, I mean, wh- when did the decision come down for you? that you were going to lean more towards the pop side and kind of go with Fangs. Like, was that a decision based off Cardboard Kids? Like, I don't know, like going their separate ways or was that like, I have to do this. This is who I am. Um, I think a little bit of both. Um, I, I was very lucky. I had a buffer in between. It was a really great buffer. Uh, 
as cardboard kids was kind of sloping downward in our just like not trajectory, but just what we were really doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, like we would just kind of had slowed down. We were going like just balls to the walls for a while. And we kind of just like took a moment to all kind of breathe for a second. And during that time, uh, just through, you know, the kind of stuff that you're talking about design things and, uh, branding and stuff. I accidentally became a member of Reliant K. I was just going to ask you about that. How the fuck did that happen? Yeah, and I, well, I just started Matt Hoops, uh, the guitar player, who was like a childhood hero of mine. Mm-hmm. He was just like, hey, I like what you do with Cardboard Kids. Can you do that for us? And I literally like had an email from the label, from their label that was just like, can you make Reliant K cool? And I, like, <laughs> because they, at the time, they hadn't released anything for like four or five years. And so we did this record and I did all of the rollout for it and all the merch and the cover and everything, uh, the tour layout, like how the tour looked visually on stage. Like I did like all this stuff for it. Uh, and then it kind of turned into like, we were with us all the time and you're doing all these things. Anyways, you should just be in our band. Mm. I was like, all right. (laughs) Uh, and so having that time to kind of just have a foot in the Reliant K world and my other foot just kind of like not in anything was really nice. Uh, we did two full U.S. tours with Switchfoot, and then we did like so many festivals and some other you know one-offs and stuff. And during all that time working that record, I just got to kind of be by myself. It was really dope. Like we would literally like I'd wake up on the bus in the city, and I would just put headphones on, and the headphones would just I would just be playing demos that I was working on. And I would just walk around all these cities. I'd be in Pittsburgh or LA or Arizona or something. And just like walking around literally like a crazy person, like out loud singing melodies, trying to just like write these songs. And, but it would be like, I don't know, like 9am in some random city. I don't know where I'm going. I'm just walking just for the sake of walking. And like, uh, and I just started sort of made these songs for fangs and it was it it organically came together as just like this is who i am Mm -hmm. this is like i'm not going to fool myself anymore this is what it is and i also really wanted it to be not out of spite at all but i wanted it to be the complete opposite of cardboard kid yeah uh just to just to show that like cardboard kids was fun but that's just kind of like one of the hats i can wear this is my other hat that i can wear and uh i i really was intentional it's funny you mentioned like the wrestling and the mtv and all that stuff like i wanted to be intentional that like i felt like in cardboard kids no one knew who i was right they just knew what i was singing and whatever i was singing was as much as they knew about me and i'm not trying to like you know it wasn't like an ego thing it was i just want these people to understand why i'm saying these things now right and that if you realize like, oh, this song Always Been You has like millions of streams, where did it come from? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, if you really know me and you f- have followed me, you know that it's literally just from the OC. I love the show, the OC. It's, a, <laughs> it's just a quote from the OC. And I thought it was important and I wanted to make it into a song and I did. And, uh, and it did cool things, you know, and it connected all these people and, I'm invested now in 
the people that listen to my music. You know, I, I know who they are. I know when I go to certain cities, who's going to be there. And I know exactly how my songs and the things that I've gone through and put to melody, like affected them and why they have tattoos of it now and stuff, you know, like. It's, it's really incredible to watch the way you've cultivated not as much a fan. It's almost like a family kind of an atmosphere. You see people yeah. really, really, really attached to what you create. And, and it's not, did you not feel that with cardboard kids, but do you think it was you leaning into you that attracted people to become such diehard fans? Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. I mean, and even with cardboard kids, like we intentionally just the bands that we loved that we kind of were like basing ourselves off of were third eye blind, mm. which like that Jenkins is like the biggest asshole in the world. Oh, dude, uh, real quick. Do you, do you know who Matthew Coma is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Matthew Coma is a very good friend of Kenny from the podcast. And uh, we had Coma on and he was telling us the story about how he started a fake rivalry with Steven Jenkins from third eye blind. Yeah. Uh, and then wore Stephen Jenkins' phone number on his shirt on a performance at an award show. And <laughs> so Stephen Jenkins has a very weird relationship with this podcast, I think. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, no, well, I just... That, that kind of thing, that like Third Eye Blind, uh, brand new, mm-hmm. Portugal the Man, like KG Elephant, it was like that vibe and we just leaned into it. Yeah. And it kind of allowed us to not have to... Uh, truly be ourselves. Like whenever we went on stage, we just played the songs. It was just about music only, but there was, I always wanted the deeper connection. And I felt like with Fangs, if I just was completely transparent, like, like I have fans who like know my dog's names and like bring me, bring me gifts for my dog, like on tour. Like, because, like one of our dogs actually just passed away. She was very old, but we have literally like we got her cremated mm-hmm. uh, and she like on the mantle, but there's a painting and then like a cross stitch, like I think it's what it's called. Like cross stitch. It's like in the little circle thing. Yeah. And it's like at the fabric It's like a portrait of her that a fan made. And it's, it lives like next to the thing. Like it's like a family thing for real. And that's the point to me is like, what's the, what is the point of all of this if we can't all do it together? I mean, that's the goal for, it should be everyone's goal, especially in the day that we live in today where it's like, there's so much shit that gets released every day that in order to sustain a career, you have to kind of like build that family aspect. Yeah. Well, and I think it's just, it's like, what are you giving and what is the point? Uh, The point for me, I don't, I don't care about being famous. I don't want to be famous. I truly don't. Uh, I just want to make songs that affect people the way that songs affected me. That's literally what it is at the end of the day. And I want to be able to take care of my family. And that's it. I want to make cool shit. You're doing it. I was just going to say, you're fucking making cool shit. And and I know you've always been a a big, you constantly putting things out, constantly dropping stuff. But like looking back to the first thing that Fangs dropped, it was cul-de-sac, right? Yeah. When you dropped cul-de-sac, was there like a fear there that like, okay, I did this whole rock leaning thing and now I'm about to show everybody who I really am. When you like gave that to distribution, were you like, holy shit, this could go one of two ways. Honestly, no, because Fangs was an accident. Truly. Really? Um, well, I, 
when I say like, you know, I was on tour and I was making songs, like I was just making songs because there was also a part of me that thought like, we haven't really talked about this, but like I've been touring heavily at varying degrees since I was like 17. Were you like, a, like were you a warp tour guy? I did. I was in a band that was like pretty successful on the warp tour world. And, um, you know, like AP magazine was like in all that stuff. Like I straight out of high school, that was my first tour was warp tour. Wow. Uh, and so like, I've been very fortunate to get to see a lot and experience a lot. And it's made me aware of maybe, uh, mistakes that I was able to avoid because I've seen other bands and other friends make them and, or just literally being at Warp Tour. It's like a huge fucking punk rock flea market when you get to the merch area. And I understood quickly like, Oh, these things don't sell. These things do sell. These colors go well together. And this is eye catching. This doesn't work because of this. And I just study, I'm a studier. Mm. I studied these things and realized that. Um, but yeah, I just, with, Fangs at the beginning, I wanted to call it Fangs, which is also just a comic book reference. Uh, it's a it's the name of a comet in a comic book that I really love called Saga, and it's called Fang with a without an S. Dude, I love you. And, I want you to know that I fucking <laughs> love you. You're such a nerd, and I love and, you. And so I I just took that and put an S on it, and um, but I made it because. My name is Jake Germany, and in in Nashville, to me, that sounds like a fake name. Oh, you know, yeah. like it it sounds like a stage name, <laughs> and I get it. I've I've got it my entire life. I understand. I've literally had to show people my license before and be like, "No, it's real. It's who I am." <laughs> uh, but I had decided, as Cardboard Kids was like, you know, descending. I was like, I, I'm just going to do the publishing thing. I'm just going to write songs for other people. And I'd rather write pop songs than rock songs, honestly. And so I was just like, I'm going to write like a couple bangers, put them on the internet just so that people can know what I do. And I'll just put it under the name bang. And at the very beginning, my face wasn't on anything. Mm. And uh, I was just making, I just made an Instagram account, put this song out. And what's crazy is like at the beginning, the manager for Cardboard Kids was still my manager. And that manager uh, only managed me and Ben Folds. And so I was doing everything at RCA in Nashville, which is like Ben owned it at the time. And he was like, he's an older man. Like he just definitely doesn't understand what it is that I do, which is ultimately <laughs> why we like, it was very kind. He called me one day and was just like, hey man, like you're doing better without me. Like <laughs> just if you need anything, call me. And I've, I've definitely called him several times just yeah. on like le- legal things and stuff. But like, he's like my natural dad, but he, he was like, Hey, we're doing this deal with Ben for noise trade. Do you remember noise trade? I do remember noise trade. I don't know if it's still around or not, but he was like, we're doing this deal with Ben. What would you think about just dropping your first song on there for free? And I was like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> and so I put cul-de-sac on noise trade a week before it came out on Spotify and it was the number one song on all of noise trade for like a month What? for no reason. I didn't have socials. Like it just went yeah. like, uh, and then, I mean, the song came out and like P 
people kind of gravitated to it. And the first show in Nashville was sold out and all these people were like flying from all over the country to come to this show. And I was just like, Oh man, this is, this is crazy. And then I got accepted to play South by, uh, so I went down to South by Southwest and I was only playing one showcase. And I had, at this point I had put out three songs total. It was cul-de-sac one and lonely and always been you. And that was like, those were the three songs I only planned to release. And, but since I was playing shows, which was not part of my original plan, uh, I wrote two more songs. And so I, I played a five song set. (laughs) (laughs) And South by where there's 85,000 performances going on at the same time. So that's what was crazy is that the showcase, this was the moment that it happened. Uh, at that showcase at South by, the internet at this point had just kind of taken things from me. Like it was just kind of doing this thing that I didn't plan on. Um, and I got to South by, I'd played it so many times before in other bands and knew what I was getting into, assumed nobody would care, but I was just kind of going cause it would be fun. At the time, my now wife, like we were just dating mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, we can go to Texas. We'll see my family. And like, you know, it's, it's a paid vacation essentially. (laughs) And, uh, we get to the show though. All of my stuff is on stage. I had two guys playing with me and they had set everything up. I was on the side and I'm literally on the side of the stage. And the lady that's running the show comes up to me and says, we just hit capacity for the first time. Like your show is hitting capacity. And I was like, I like turned the, I, from the side of the stage, I couldn't see the room. I like turned and was like, what the fuck? Like, why are they here? Like, do they think that I'm somebody else? Like, are they going to be mad that I'm going on stage? <laughs> they think Harry Styles and, is there and they walk out at you. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like I was just so weirded out by it. And then she, she was like, Hey, we're having problems with this one like light thing. We're going to fix it real fast. It's going to take two minutes. I was like, Cool. I had been seen at this point by like people, nobody like freaked out or anything. It wasn't like that. But these two, like uh, probably like 17 year olds were in the room and they found me, they came up to me and they were like, Hey, we have to leave right after your set. And they had the badge. Do you know, I, I don't know if you know how much a badge costs. To yeah. A go ton. to South by. Yeah. It's like wild expensive. They were like, we're from Oregon and we flew here to see you play. We got badges because it was an official show, so you had to have a badge. And they were like, uh, could you sign our badges? And I was like, sure. And the whole time I was just thinking, like, I'm like having a panic attack. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? Like, why do these people care? Who are these people from Oregon? Why did you do this? You're wasting your money on me. Um, and I'm signing the badge. And then this person says, and check this out. And he lifts his sleeve and he's got the fangs teeth tattooed on him. And it was the first time that it ever happened. And I just like almost started crying. And then like the lady came up and was like, Hey, you're on. And I just went on stage like full of like a thousand emotions. And as soon as the set was done, I walked around the corner, like on sixth street and like got the teeth tattooed on me, like right after that. And now, I mean, there's, I don't know how many, like those, those teeth are on all kinds of people now. And I was just like, well, shit, like, there's a pressure that comes with it kind of, of like, I can't let, that's how I, I write. I think sometimes it's like, I think about that person from Oregon. It's like, I can't let that person down. 
Like I got to figure out how to like contribute to that person's life and also like live my life to respect that person. Like right. don't be a shitty person because they have a piece of me on them forever. I mean, dude, first off, that's a fucking amazing story. I think that's, that's Crazy. nuts. I think about it from the perspective of like you had been doing it for a long time. It's been your life, your whole life. Yeah. And then by accident, this thing snowballs into something so much bigger. Do you think the yeah. fact that you weren't putting as much pressure on yourself for it contributed to the success? Yeah. Thousand percent. I tell people that all the time. Like, I think that, uh, the fact that I cared, I cared, but I didn't care. I cared about the right thing. Like I just cared about making cool songs. Yeah. And I was willing to, because I didn't know who would even care. I was willing to give it away for free at the beginning. I just, I just wanted people to hear it. I didn't care what accolades or what, uh, reviews were going to come in. And then they came, you know, <laughs> like then it happened. And so it's like, I think that that's something that, uh, is really interesting. I heard, I really like watching interviews and like listening to people's brain, just studying and stuff. And I remember Jack Antonoff said that one time, uh, cause I love Jack, but I also love, I'm one of those guys that like, I love his first record the most. Yep. And but there's something about the first record for any band, whether it's great or not, that was the most free you've ever been to create. Mm -hmm. Cause there was no pressure. There was nobody telling you what you sounded like. There's no one telling you what you looked like. There's no one telling you make always been you again, yes. like make that song again. Uh, there was no nothing like there's no pressure. And so I think about it often that like that time for me, I was just making shit that I thought was cool. I was walking around these cities and I was mumbling shit to myself and thinking, yeah, that's cool. I wasn't bouncing it off of anyone else. Everything else that I've ever done, I've had to bounce it off of other people. Right. The cardboard kids was mainly me and Austin doing everything. And there was never a song that didn't have both of us contributing on it or both of us butting heads on it. As this thing has progressed, and I know you've gone with Fangs into uh, like a label situation. I know you were working with uh, Alex the Kid for a little while. I don't know if you still are. Did that get more serious to where there were more cooks in the kitchen and where they were like, hey, do this, maybe try and do this? And, and are you there now? Like, are you back to kind of being like a little more free in that perspective? Um, ultimately, I think because of those things I was talking about, of like just having the experience and the perspective, uh, they reached out originally kid in the corner. They reached out and wanted to sign me and I wasn't in any hurry to sign anything. I didn't really care right. to do that, to do that. Uh, but talking to this A&R, he got what I was doing and basically I knew that I was going to be able to do whatever I wanted. I was going to get to make the songs I wanted to make. And essentially I was just using their distribution. Uh, okay. The distribution was through universal. And so I knew that I was going to have an elevated situation from where I was. Everything else, everything else before that, all the songs that like went, like did well, I literally just uploaded myself. Love like it. there was no, there was no like DSP person. There was no distribution person. Like I physically was just like, like 
TuneCore, sure. Or like yeah. 1RPM, sure. And just like uploaded to the user upload. Like nothing. It was all organic, the original stuff. Um, which is really cool. And I think kind of spoke to like the songs and the brand. But with Kid in the Corner, it was cool because like every time we released, we hit New Music Friday. Yep. But I had kind of finessed the thing where I only had to stay with them for a year. And at the end, I got my master's back. You're a fucking genius. And I didn't like, I didn't take an advance or anything. Like I just, I just wanted my songs at the end. I just wanted to use their distribution. Yeah. (laughs) And so, and so I did. And what's cool about the whole situation is that A&R that during all this time, there's no manager. It's just me and the label. And I'm mainly just dealing with this one A&R there. And so it's just the two of us. And I had a booking agent. That's my team, three people. And I like it that way. Um, but then as the end of that deal was nearing me and that A&R, you know, we, we worked well together. He got the vision. He understood what I was doing. He understood what I was doing with the label from the beginning. And he was like, you're not going to re up your deal. Are you? And I was like, hell no. And he was like, I didn't think so. He was like, if you're up for it, if I left, could I manage you? And I was like, yeah. Oh my and God. so he, he, my A&R left the label and is still to this day, my manager. And it's just the two of us. Like that's my team. And I, we talk every day. I absolutely love that because so many people think you need this big monstrous team in order to do something. If you have a clear vision and you're secure in what it is that you're doing, you can have a two man, two man, two woman team, whatever it is. Like yeah. I'm, I'm really impressed by that. And I think kind of like leading towards the back end of this conversation, like, is there ever a time where you see yourself wanting to have a big team or having more people behind you? Or are you comfortable where, what, with the team that you do have and what you're doing right now? Yeah, I mean, I don't want, I don't want cook nope. in the kitchen. And also, like, I, I do it all. Like, it, and again, it's not an ego thing, but it's just like, if someone sends me artwork that I didn't make, like, I'm going to be like, you don't know what's inside. Like yeah. I have, I have the vision for this. Right. And I'm not, I'm not like fucking like, I'm not like Kanye West stunting, standing on <laughs> tables and shit, talking about it. You should But be. like, but like I have the vision for what this thing is. This is my thing. Let me make it. And I promise you that one, it'll look great. And two, I know exactly how to communicate with these people. Right that that want to be communicated with that want to interact with what it is that i'm doing i know exactly how to i like the line is clear now like i've built it the bridge is there um and so i'm not really i'm not into it and even like with agencies and stuff like i've got a booking agent one dude like and i love it and so like my entire team is literally me and two other people I, I just can't tell you how much I love that. We, I mean, we've had some giant people on this podcast. We've had food yeah. fighters. We've had fucking people like that. And it seems to me the people who are the most happy when you talk to them are the people who kind of just do it themselves. The people who can completely yeah. control what it is they're doing. They might not be the richest people, but they're the people who are the most satisfied in what it is that they yeah. are. And yeah, I, man. I mean, that's it. I, and I mean, dude, just like I, I said it to you from the beginning – your eye for design and your eye for 
for layout, especially on social media. I remember when Cardboard Kids was doing like the mint thing, the green, the the mint green. But then Fangs always has these beautiful hues and different color textures and everything. And I think like what you're doing now with the pop-up shop, or is it a pop-up shop or is it a physical store? There's a physical store as well as it being a pop-up elsewhere. So let's go through that real quick because I feel like from what I've read, you're kind of giving people the tools to create their own worlds in a certain perspective. Like what yeah, are you just, creating? It's just a, there's this thing. I mean, I, I'm, I'm older than a lot of people that do the shit that I do, I guess. <laughs> uh, but I, it also attributes to my parents being young too, that like the shirts that I thought were really cool that my parents had, I come to find out they would just go to this place in Texas, in our hometown, where like you walk in, you pick a t-shirt or a hoodie or whatever, like a blank garment. And then you go and you pick a design that you like, and then you pick the colors for it and stuff. And they just make it right there for you. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And I was like, man, like when you go to the mall, like it's all already made. And there's something, maybe it's just like my crazy brain or something, but like, I want to have a hand in that. I think that would be awesome. I would take more pride in my clothing if I was able to like contribute to it. Yeah. And, um, and I mean, I've just always liked graphic tees too. I design graphic tees for people. And then I was just like, I want to just bring that back. I want to bring that thing. And I, I live in a constant state of nostalgia anyways. And so it's like, I'm designing all the time anyways. I like, physical product all the time anyways like why don't i just marry this whole thing we got a spot in nashville uh just really cool area called one city center and it's like all these like cool shops and stuff and um basically you come in and you do that you pick your garment you pick your design i've made like 400 designs already for this company and uh I was at the point where I was just doing like five a day or something for a while, just like pumping out designs and, uh, and they're all fun and cool and interactive and you can make them whatever you want. And then we'll literally like put it together and give it to you right there. I love it, dude. I, and I think too, like it's almost in a way you're giving back to people who also want to create, but don't have the tools to do yeah. it. So it's kind of a, exactly. another way to connect with people. You are a connector. It's what you do. Yeah. We're doing this really like, we haven't even like announced this thing or anything, but we're doing this really beautiful thing that I'm excited about. Like for father's day weekend where like you, either you and your kid can come to the shop or like if you're a a mom or a kid or something and you want to surprise the dad, you can literally bring like a drawing or, and we're gonna have a drawing station too for kids to come in and like draw whatever they want. And then you can like give your dad that shirt. That's and I just think that's so like idea. special and beautiful and like, it's just like allowing people to make cool shit. How many hand-drawn pieces do you have for your kids yet? Um, they're <laughs> all on the, all the fridge is covered, man. Oh my God. Well, dude, before we let you out here, I, I have like two or three rapid fire questions. Cause once again, I think some of our interests overlap. So I'm, I'm interested to hear yeah. about this. If you had to pick one wrestler, that you would say is your all-time favorite, who would you pick? Sting. Oh, I mean, it's amazing to me Sting is still doing it. Yeah, I mean, he's essentially like a, a figurehead now. Yeah. His spine's pretty fucked up. If not Sting, it would be Bret Hart. But 
probably Sting is just like a little bit more over it for me. Have you gotten into AEW yet? Yeah, I'm like I'm like in the world, and like I love it. And I just recently like kind of cracked the barrier. Uh, that's been the fun thing lately with Fangs is like all of a sudden I'm getting to like get integrated into sports yeah. and shit that I love. Uh, I like filmed a commercial for the Titans for the Dude, playoff. I saw that. And like I've done a bunch of pregame stuff for the soccer club here. And uh, but with with I just recently got to go to SmackDown the other day. Shut and like up. it was it was like through WWE, like they comp tickets and stuff. And they're coming back for SummerSlam here at Nissan Stadium. So I'm going to go to that as well. So I'm excited to finally like, I don't know if you ever had these conversations. Um, but like when you start a new venture with like management or a team or a label, there's sometimes that question of like, what what kind of like dream or bucket list things yeah. like can can we just be aware of in case it pops up or comes across the table and every time it's just like i just want to be involved in wrestling <laughs> i love that i if it's a if it's a intro song if it's a pay-per-view song if it can be on a commercial if it can be the startup screen on a video game like yeah. whatever just let me be in the door of wrestling I just want to see you do a song. I wish we could go back in time and you could do the Hardy Boys. Mm. That would be so dope. Uh, that's all I want. I want for you. I want you to be able to be involved in that. That would be dope. Uh, I also know you, like me, are a big Kanye West fan. And I don't know whether or not big we're fan. talking like Kanye's... We talk about Kanye all the time. He's the number yeah. one topic of conversation on this, on this podcast. But what's your favorite Kanye album? Oh, man. Favorite album? Shit. Um... I mean, default would be like Twisted Fantasy, but really, oh man, that's tough. Um, it would be between College Dropout or honestly, 808. Dude, 808s is aged like a fine wine. It is aged like a fine wine. It is set into motion the entire industry. Mm-hmm. The entire genre. Yep. And at the time, uh, I was in Oklahoma when it came out. I remember specifically, I was in Oklahoma when it came out, and I went to this record store, this like random like mom pop record store, just to waste time. I was on tour. Yep. And it was a it was uh it was a Sunday because music used to come out on Mondays. Yep. And, uh, it was a Sunday and they were getting ready to close. And I was like, Oh, sorry. Like I can get out of here. And then I saw that they were putting up their Monday stuff and 808. They had it. Oh, and I was like, can I buy that? And the old lady was just like, sure. <laughs> and it didn't come out till the next day. Like, because back then you had to wait yeah. like until like the CD came out or whatever. She like, didn't even realize she didn't even realize the gravity of the situation. You were like, oh my God, it's a day early. And she's like, whatever, dude, just fucking yeah. lie. I don't care. <laughs> and so I had that album a day early and I just felt like I had this like treasure that no one else had. And I listened to it over and over and over and over. And just like, like I remember the first time I heard certain songs and just like crying on that mm -hmm. record, just being like, wow, like how is this coming out of this dude's brain? And then hearing like, Pinocchio story at the end and just being like, uh, I literally have chills right now thinking about it. That I, moment. I just remember it so clearly. If my, my moment like that with that record was streetlights. I remember the first time hearing that being Dude. like, 
what is this? Nothing sounds like this. Like, and you just made graduation. Like you just made the perfect pop rap stadium album. And then you make this sullen kind of sounds like it was created in a closet, kind of a dream pop album. And it, but it's so sad and so melancholy. And I like most people, when they go through Kanye's album scape, they, for some reason go like, They'll skip 808s and go right from graduation to Dark Twisted Fantasy, but in between there is this They're wrong. fucking beautiful. monster. Monster, beautiful. Dude. I mean, that song alone, like one of my favorite Kanye lyrics is that is Do I Still Have Time to Grow? Yes. Like from that song. It's just like, uh, when I heard it the first time, I was just like, fuck. Like, what a crazy thing to say for a guy of that status. Yes. Do I still have time to grow? Like that's insane. It's I just I love little nuggets like that. It's just so good. Dude, but I, I love Kanye. I'm a day one Kanye. Me too. I back him. I I struggle with some of the things. Same. But but ultimately, like I ride. I ride for Kanye. I ride till I die. And I I I've been on the record saying this numerous times. There are few things more exhausting in this world than having to be a Kanye West apologist because it's constant yeah. and it's just like. <laughs> yeah. But the man's given me. Mm. He changed my life. He he gave me music that I will never be able to thank him for. And so in that capacity, yeah. it's like I, I I'm internally mm. I'm eternally indebted to this human being. So it's like we, we gotta deal with all the bullshit mm. just to be able to thank him for everything he's given us. But dude, I've taken up so much of your fucking time and uh I'd love to have you back. Also, we plan on being in Nashville probably spring, summer. Uh we have some video series that we're putting together and I would love for so, you to be involved. So I'll have to get with you offline about that. But um dude, uh just I mean plug anything you'd like to. Uh what is there music coming out? I know we have the store opening up. Like what's what's next for Fangs? Yeah, man. Uh I mean I have an entire full length that's coming out. Of course you do. Soon. I don't know. I don't know when I think the first single is like is it February? It's February, March right now. Like okay. in the next couple months. Before all these summer festivals and stuff, first thing we'll drop. And then, uh, yeah, there's a whole album and we're like building this whole thing around it. And I'm excited. I'm not surprised to hear that. Uh, I'm fucking thankful that you stopped by. Your seat is always open whenever you'd like to come back. We can yell about Kanye if you want to, whatever you want to do. Yeah, man. But uh, dude, I hope to see you soon. Everybody go listen to Fang's music. Jake, it's been a pleasure. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Peace, man. We'll be right back.